Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Avtara. You're listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. Today we're going to be learning the Avtara of Pashas Kiseitze. This Avtara is found in the 54th parak of Yeshayahu, the first term Sukkim. To note that it is called Rani Akara, which is half of the Avtara of Pashas Noach. In interesting years in which the Avtara earlier on of Parshas Re'eh is eclipsed by Rosh Chodesh, then what we do is we take the Haftorah that would have been on Parshas Re'eh and attach it to the end of Parshas Kiseitzai, extending the Haftorah of Parshas Kiseitzai with the extra paragraph of Ania Asara, then making it the full length of what would be the Haftorah for Parshas Nach. But that is the unusual case. Usually it is only the first term Sokimo Perek Nundalad. Let's take a look at it inside. The Haftorah itself is short and to the point, a very powerful description. The first section is where um, the prophet Yeshayahu turns to, we'll see who those, uh, the object of the sentence is in just a moment, but to whoever the object is, he says, Rani Akara Loyalada, rejoice, O barren one who has not yet given birth, Pitzchi Rinavetzali Loycholo Kirabim Bnei Hashem Emo, Bibnei Bu'ula Omar Hashem. There are many, many children who are going to return to you, so much so. And the Prophet says, Open, extend the place of your tent and your encampment because there are going to be so many people coming to you. You're going to break out in the right and the left. And many cities will be settled. Um, and it's, it's really beautiful. Again, language we're going to see in that Rav Shlomo Alkabetz will use in the Lachadodi. Altiri, don't fear. Altikolmi, don't be embarrassed. You'll forget the embarrassment of your days of youth and, and the the cherpa uh, of being in that stage of aloneness will disappear now. HaKadosh um, Baruch Hu is describing this rejoining, this, this, this connection to this abandoned woman uh, personifying something, someone, and you'll be brought back. It was a small moment that I abandoned you, but I'll bring you back, I'll gather you in. With great amount of mercy, it was a moment of anger in which I hid my face. But yet, in great kindness, in eternal kindness, I have brought, I have given you a, a mercy. That's what Goalech says. Hashem says, "Your redeemer." And at the end of the after Hashem seals it in by saying, "Ki Noach the waters of Noach." That I, just as I swore that the flood of the times of Noah will never come upon the land again, to get angry upon you, my kindness will never abandon you, I will never leave you again. That's what Hashem says. Very, very powerful description over here. This is a very emotive description in the Avtara. A few basic points to ponder. Number one is who is being compared to the Akara? Who is the object of this sentence? Who is the Almighty through the Prophet talking to that is going to be rejoicing, expanding a tent, and having a children back? So the Ibn Ezra says on the most basic level, this is referring to Israel itself, the land or, the, or the, the people of Israel. The people of Israel have been distraught, they've been exiled, they've been far away. Don't worry, you will have a return. Now, Babinel says this could also be referring to Yerushalayim itself, the city of Jerusalem. Yerushalayim in, in, in um, a, a distinction to what Yirmiyahu will say in the future. Yirmiyahu is going to talk about uh, in Eicha, Eicha Yoshvabadada Ir Rabosiyom, Hoysok Almora. How could it be that the city, which was this great metropolis, is now um, a, a place like she's a, she is a widow, her children have left, 
So now the personification of the city is now turning is Yeshayahu is giving the the terufa, the healing before the makkah, before the description of the destruction, which Yirmiyahu is to give as well. The Malbim says it could refer to the country as a whole, not this, not the people Israel, not the city Jerusalem, but the country as a whole, as expressed over here, is that the whole country is going to expand, the whole country is going to return to its place as well. Rav Hirsch, or Mendel Hirsch, of Shimshon Rafael Hirsch's son, does say that it refers to the Torah, which is expressed from Tzion Kimi Tzion Torah, which is being up to now rejected and being brought back into the fold. It's worthwhile noting that in the 1800s, when Mark Twain, the famed writer, went on a trip to visit the Holy Land at that time, he wrote a book called Innocence Abroad, in which he describes his travels through the Middle East, and in it he describes many observations of being in what was then known as Palestine. That was a name given to it by the Romans, not a nationality, but just a sort of an area for that, that, that particular, the name for that particular area. So um, the, Mark Twain says, and to quote, of all the lands, there are, there, there are four, four dismal scenery. I think, I think Palestine must be the prince. Can the curse of the deity beautify a land? Palestine sits in sackcloth and ashes. Over it broods a spell of curse that has withered its fields and fettered its energies. If you think about that for, for a moment and contrast that to what this prophecy is saying is, that will turn around and it has in the last century. Plus, we have seen the, the, that turnaround in front of our very eyes, the draining of the swamps, the land rejoicing, the return of its people, the expansion of settlement, the idea of these cities expanding out to its building all the time. It's a very beautiful thing to describe. It's only jokingly said that the national bird of Israel is the crane, because there is a crane in every city as it builds and builds and builds. And that's what Yeshayel was talking about. We move a little further. What was this expansion of the tent? What does it mean that this tent? So it could mean that the settlements, the building is going to expand, yet says the Radak, it means the oil refers to Yerushalayim, that's Jerusalem. Mishkan Osayach refers to the cities of Israel as they expand the territories outwards as well. The Avas Yonatan, that's Rav Yonatan Abishitz in his commentary on Nach, says that it refers to the base of Migdash. The base of Migdash itself will be larger. It will encompass more. There will be more spirituality to share with the world at large. As we move towards the Enoah Torah, we encounter a very strange term. We talk about the May Noach, the waters of Noach, which seems contradictory because if you think about it, Noach was a person who was spared from the waters. It wasn't his waters. It was the waters of God that flooded the earth and Noach was the only one to survive it. Why are they attributed to him? Midrash Tanchumah says and actually describes that in the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu blamed Noach to a certain degree for the waters. What does that mean? So it describes that, um, that there was this uh, the Midrash in the Tanchuma in Bereshus Lamed Zion describes that when it came to Avram Avinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu described or told him about the destruction of Saddam, the first thing Avram Avinu did was get up onto his, onto his platform and argue with Rebbe Shalom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you can't do this, you can't do it, even though they're Rishayim, you're not allowed to do this. Whereas when it came to Noach, Noach hears about the destruction of the world and what does he do? He goes out and he gets the lumber and he starts making the boat like he's been told. But he doesn't object. He doesn't protest. He doesn't equivocate or argue. He simply accepts it. And in a certain sense, because he didn't do anything, he didn't argue or he didn't try to change the people. He didn't try to see, what can I do to make society a little better even though they're undeserving now? Unlike what Avram Avinu had tried to do, that was, in a certain sense, there was an element of blame upon him about the destruction of the world around him. Why, if he had such warning, was he not able to prevail upon them? Finally, the last question is, why is the covenant of Noach being evoked over here? So it's a very, very beautiful radak, and both the Ababanel say that the, the comparison is very simple. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, like I made an eternal covenant with human beings, and it has been seen to be kept for all these millennia, 
And I said there would never be a, 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 another flood which would encompass the earth and destroy so many people, and it has not happened. Gosh Baruch Hu says, that's how eternal my covenant is with Israel. I understand that all the goddess, all the exile, all the humiliation, all the death that, is, uh, that has befallen Israel for the centuries, unaccountable, without the ability to be able to, to defend themselves for all those centuries, it's Berega Katon Azabtech. It was a small moment. And know that forever, uh, that, uh, that the Rachamim, the Chesed, the return, the covenant is going to be Le'olam, is going to be eternal. Understand that in the same way that I made this covenant with all of humanity, I made a covenant with Israel. And that covenant will never be broken. That is the words of the Satara. A very beautiful, very powerful way to end the Satara, certainly, as we move in our, in our Haftaras of Nechemta, of comfort, to appreciate this very powerful image, which we have had the opportunity of witnessing with our very eyes unfold in our day. Have a wonderful, meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbat.